there is a creature alive today who has survived millions of years of evolution without change, without passion, and without logic. It lives to kill. A mindless eating machine. It will attack and devour anything. It is as if God created the devil and gave him jaws. Roy Scheider, Robert Shaw, Richard Dreyfus. You're going to need a bigger boat. From the best-selling novel, Jaws, rated PG, maybe too intense for younger children. That's right, we're doing Jaws. Do you know why we're doing Jaws, Pete? I don't, but did it say Jaws was rated PG? There was no PG-13 in 1975. But if I'm not wrong, the opening scene started with the... I don't think you could see it before digital. I don't know what that means. Before digital transfers of the movie, I don't think you could see on film. Oh, what the shark saw before he ate her from the bottom while she was skinny dipping? Yeah. Okay. I don't think you could see that. Why are we doing this? Why are we watching Jaws? Because Meg 2 comes out. I saw the trailer for Meg 2, and it looked really good. And I thought, what a perfect time to do the Meg. But I don't like the Meg. So I thought, what a better time to do Jaws. (laughs) There's nothing. You're not wrong. Because Meg was... uh, I never made it through the first one, so... My recollection of that, like, which is weird because, you know, part two looks really good, but... We've already talked about the Meg more than I hope to. <laughs> well, we're doing Meg week, right? I watched the Meg for this. Oh, well, then you just explained that you didn't. Mm. Oh, no, I watched Jaws 2 because it was Meg week. That's right. And we don't have Meg 2, so I watched Jaws 2. So we got a lot to get to before we get to Jaws. Let's start with our correction, which is actually about next week's apology. <clears throat> because these are out of order. We're this whole courtroom's out of order. There's an order to any of this. Yeah, we were supposed to have the ready or not episode this week. So in that episode, I talk about what we talked about last week, which was the Monster Squad episode. But now there's an episode in between because you said, "Hey, let's do a podcast on Tuesday." I said, "Great, let's do Jaws. It's Meg Week." This is like the pre-taped call-in show, isn't it? Yeah. So uh, correction: next week you're going to hear about what happened two weeks ago. Just uh, make that adjustment in your mind. And I will not use this week's apology on anything new. And when you hear next week's apology, that'll be funny to you. <laughs> well, I've got on my, my page of notes a, a gotcha. Not really an apology, but a gotcha for you. Uh-oh. It says, roll back the tomato. I think I meant to write roll back the tape, but your, your top 10 list did not have Monster Squad in it. And that's the top 10 of any category you can think of. So how can you claim to be a Monster Squad fan? This is coming off of the list. I guess Kitty had just listened to it. On any top 10 list I can think of? Yes. The top 10 movies that aren't Monster Squad. Yeah, it would still make the list. Wow. It's a pretty good movie. It's a really good movie. So you should probably have a correction for next week, too, about that. I apologize. Jaws was on my top 10 list. Yeah, it was on mine, too. Yeah, right. Yeah, those those episodes are out. You can listen to how Pete understands lists. So uh, this is the part I've been looking forward to the most. It's our Nicolas Cage update. Ooh, good. I don't have any news. I do. So I'm waiting. I do. On the day this drops, Wednesday, August 2nd. That's what you say now. There will be a review for the latest Nicolas Cage movie, Sympathy for the Devil, on the website. What movie is Sympathy day. for the Devil? It is a movie where he plays the passenger, and he gets into a car and takes uh, the driver by gunpoint and makes him drive him somewhere. It's a case of revenge and possible mistaken identity. Ooh, I'm so excited. Pete, I- if you like movies... 
I, I sometimes do. Starring Nicolas Cage. 100% in. Where he holds a diner Hold at gunpoint. I'm already in when you said Nicolas Cage. Where he holds a diner at gunpoint while playing and singing along and dancing to Elisa Bridges' I Love the Nightlife on the jukebox. This is the movie you've been waiting for. I, I didn't know I was waiting for it, but now that I do, I have been waiting a very long time for this, and I want it so badly. What's it, it called? Sympathy for the Devil? Sympathy for the Devil. All right. Look it that is, up, everybody. It is a very small plot. It is mostly two guys sitting in a car for the first half hour, then they sit in a diner for a half hour, then they walk around town for a little bit. Walk I, around a parking lot, really. I think there was another Nicolas Cage movie where he had to drive the car, and I think it was like out of hell or something. Perhaps it was from hell or drive angry. Drive or, angry. There's a lot of him driving cars and gone in 60 seconds. So it's nice to see him being a passenger for once. Okay. That was the update, but I have something special for you. You've been persistent on me changing the opening of the Nicolas Cage thing. So because Dead by Daylight, where he plays a new character in the DLC is out, there's a whole 10 minute long string of, of quotes from the game that he, <gasps> that he recorded. So even though I hate editing audio, I plucked out three quotes and I'm going to let you pick the new opening to the Nicolas Cage update. Mostly it's just like uh, stuff like, ow, get me off this hook. Hey, I'm Nicolas Cage, get me out of here. So I didn't take those. But those, I, those are the ones that sound the best. I took ones that I thought could work. So I have them set up. There's only three because I can only fit four things, and I obviously did the Jaws thing this week. Would you like to pick the new Nicolas Cage opening so you can get off my back? Door number one. Okay. Here's the first option. Ready? Yeah. Shh. Fuck you, you old crows. Oh my. Oh my. Oh no, I am speechless. <laughs> Two of the things I love most in the world are at odds with each other. I feel targeted, I gotta be honest. I just thought that'd be funny, but here's your second option. I don't want to hear another one of those ridiculous crows. No one feed the crows, please. Oh man. Why are you doing this to me? I, if anyone, for some reason, if this is your first episode of listening, I like two things. Well, I like a lot of things, but two things I talk about a lot are Nicolas Cage and crows. I know. It seems strange that there's just two of these. Did, is this video game made just to mock me? I, I've, you know, I've never played the game, Pete. But Does Nicolas Cage listen okay. to our podcast? We got, third, recorded we got a third option. Give me, give me door number three. All right. We got a third option. I'm sure it's better. Fuck. Crows. Oh, man. He's, damn. <laughs> That's rough. He comes uh, down pretty pretty hard on it. I'm going to have to wait till the end of the Let me ponder that for the rest of this episode. I'll weigh in at the end. If you ever want to hear one again, just uh, oh. pick a number, and I'll, I'll throw it back on there. But uh, Kind of sure I'm not going to want to hear any of those again. So those are your options. Thank you. So Appreciate I did, that. I did what you asked. I found new sound clips for Nicolas Cage. I feel like mm. they're pertinent to the podcast. Mm. Mm. That's okay. So you really should think about what you really want before you ask for it. How many hours do you think it took me? 16. It took me not that many, but it still wasn't so slow. It so I still have all of our theme music and the intro stuff that's on my phone that I failed to put into an email to, and send it to you. And that's it's correct. been months. That is correct. Sorry, okay. foreign correspondent. We still got more, we got more non-Jaws things to get to. Holy cow. Yes. We're okay. doing Jaws today? Yep. Uh, so uh, you mentioned before the podcast started, you started talking about the movie Talk to Me, which is... My favorite movie of the year. Yeah, you saw advanced screening, and I have, yep. and then you told me what it is, and I want to see it so badly, and I'm seeing everyone talking about this movie. It's now. out now. It made $10 million opening weekend on a $4.5 million budget. So as Hollywood has every movie bomb, for example, uh, Haunted Mansion cost $150 million, made $23 million 
Oof, that's rough. It is rough. And uh, it says a lot about what people will... I mean, it made t- more than twice as much on what is what what's what's four and a half million to, to don't make me do math you know i don't math. on a, on a 25 27 28 times the budget is my guess somebody could do that math for you uh not me so these movies that are all bombing disney's had i think five out of six bombs this year i think the only movie that made real money was guardians of the galaxy 3 little mermaid probably turned a profit but not a big one and then everything else Indiana Jones, all the other Marvel movies, this. I think we've talked about it before. I don't know if it's been on air, but those big budget things, it's not the way you should be looking at Hollywood anymore. No, but Oppenheimer. Yeah, Barbie. If you're Christopher Nolan, why don't you return to your roots, fund your own $1 million memento slash the following kind of movie, put it in theaters yourself because they will, because Christopher Nolan, make $350 million in profit and then just be like, hey, great, I did it. Because he's the only one to get away with it. I don't think Disney has a property that can throw a million-dollar movie in the theater. You told me to pretend I was Christopher Nolan and go back to my roots, but I don't know enough about him. I was hoping to hear your British accent. I was trying to figure out, is he like posh British or is he? He I don't know enough. He is? Oi there, mate. I come from Governorville. Not enough tea and crumpets in the lift. Yep. Good good stuff. That was was him. (laughs) Could I make my million-dollar movie now? I saw Haunted Mansion. Did you really? I, How was it? It's not good. Uh, Wasn't there another Haunted Mansion movie with Eddie Murphy? Yes. It's, I think this one is probably around the same quality. Uh, I don't remember that one. This movie, I couldn't figure out who it was for. Uh, it's It can't be scary because it wants to be for kids, but it's also rated PG-13, so it's telling kids that they have to get the parent permission anyway. And it's not funny for kids or adults, and the only thing that really worked was the main character's emotional story that kids won't be interested in, and it's two hours long. So I don't know who it's for, but I will say that I did sit in a 4DX theater and watch it with the 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 water effects and the lightning effects and the smoke effects and the moving seat effects, and I almost cried <laughs> <laughs> because the, the storyline worked so well that I literally had a lump in my throat, looked around the moving theater and thought, I can't cry at Haunted Mansion. <laughs> it, it worked, though, Pete. What an odd review for Haunted Mansion. I don't even know who's in this version of it. Uh, the, well, a lot of people Tiffany are Tiffany Haddish, I think, she is her name. Rosario Dawson, Jamie Lee Curtis, Danny DeVito. Uh, uh, Lakeith Stanfield is the star of it. He's from I, Atlanta. and uh, I've never seen know him from a bunch of movies. He, he's so good in it, in a completely different movie. than somehow, with all of the ghost effects and noise and everything else that's going on around him. He manages to make his storyline of, of his recently deceased wife work so well that in the end, it's a story about him letting go. And it's actually really emotional as ridiculous ghosts. And Jared Leto is the bad guy. <laughs> Jared Leto's in a- Yes, but he's, he's playing like a skeleton and it's, a, it's using a voice. You can't tell it's him except for like newspaper clippings and paintings. You wouldn't even know Jared Leto's in this movie, but for some reason he got a paycheck for it. That's going to pay off. I, I've sat in the theater at the, the emotional resolution of the movie, and I thought, I, you're not going to cry at That's, Haunted Mansion. I'm sure there's movies like that for me where there's some emotional payoff where it's the worst piece of garbage movie you've ever seen. But there it is. Right, we have one other thing to talk about before Jaws. I, and, mm, that's what you claim. Yeah. Well, do you remember I texted you no. and I asked you to remember one thing to ask me about on the podcast, which I'm not going to wait for you to ask because you're not going to remember? I, ha- I I remember now you telling me there was something I was supposed to ask you. I bet you it's in a text message. Yes. So what am I supposed to ask you? The not at all awkwardly titled Buffalo Dreams Fantastic Film Festival starts August 18th at 
the Amherst Theater, where we used to work. Good old Dipson Theater. It was at the Eastern Hills Mall Dipson Theater for the last eight years, but they uh, closed that down. So it's in the Amherst, so it's only three blocks from my house, and there's seven or eight horror movies playing at it. So I thought, yeah, this makes sense. I'll just go get a pass, and I'll go watch his movies and put them up on the site. Just makes perfect sense to do. Okay. And, I'm uh, waiting for the... Yep. So I don't, there's a little peek behind the curtain. There's two parts to writing a review. There's writing the review, and then there's publishing the review. What about watching the movie? Oh, shit, that would help. <laughs> that, that might be a little bit helpful. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, sometimes. <laughs> sometimes it wouldn't be. Uh, we, we, you have to put everything on the website. You have to. I put the trailer up there. I put the poster up there. I put the artwork up there that they put the, all the stuff. So I, I make a template first so I can just write the review and plug the review in to save the time of having to do it all at once. So sometimes these things are done weeks in advance. So, because this is a film festival where a lot of the movies haven't been released, it was harder to get artwork for things. But I did the ones I could do already. And uh, the, the first feature that they're, they're doing, the opening night feature, is a movie called What Lurks Beneath. And I put in together the... Uh, is that the sequel to the Harrison Ford one from the 90s? What Lies Beneath? Yep. Cool. I'm in. Yep. Starring Michelle Pfeiffer. Ooh. I think he died in the movie, so I don't think he's in it. Well, he's a ghost. But he does love to... He's a force ghost. Yep. Yep. He comes back and, and tells Gives her... Gives a little speech. Comes back and tells her that he loves her anyway, and... Uh, but uh, he tries to kill her again as a ghost. No, she says, she says, I want lurks beneath, and he just looks at her and says, I know. <laughs> All right. So that's the review. That's the review. So uh, it's a movie about, uh, you know, a really well-timed titled submarine called USS Titan. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it has something to do with a mermaid or something. I haven't seen the movie yet, obviously. It's not August 18th yet. But I was putting together the uh, template for it, and I, you have to go to Internet Movie Database and get the cast and crew and stuff. IMDB, those of us in the biz call it. Yeah, and I saw the director it was a guy named Jamie Bailey, and I thought, why is that familiar to me? And I was like, I don't know. So I'm going to click on his link, and I found that what lurks beneath is the follow-up film to from the director. Beneath, I told you. Of the influencer. Oh no. Oh no. The only review you or movie you've been unable to find a purpose or a positive That's not review true. for. Psycho remake, but I haven't done it yet. But oh. Like oh boy, throwing some sure, uh, early shade. Yep. Yeah, somewhere I think it's next April. Uh, so that is what I'm signing up for. That is their big feature, is the follow up to the influencer. But I discovered something else while looking at his IMDb page. He has two sequels to De-Influencer in production. Two sequels? Yes. Not a prequel? One's in post-production, one's in pre-production. Maybe the pre-production one's a prequel. Mm, that would make sense. It's the 3P rule. Pre-production prequels. I was horrified. <laughs> not, about the, not about the submarine movie so much, because that one, the trailer looked pretty good, actually. But So, that's where I'm at. Well, have fun with that. Yeah. What weekend is that? It's the week of the 18th through the 24th. Wow. Oh, That's my know birthday why, weekend. Yeah. Happy birthday. My birthday's the 23rd. I'll be, spending, I'll be spending it at the 1979. Mm, the year of our Lord. I'll be spending it at the Amherst Theater watching something. Not not the, not the next Dean Flitzer movie. Okay. So maybe it'll be so good you'll see it twice. That was all the information I had. Hey, when you're to, there at that. Your uh, family? At the, yeah, right? What, what was that? Applebee's? Fridays. Tuesdays. You keep going. You're going to get it. Olive Garden. Thursdays. Olive Garden. Olive Garden. I haven't eaten there in forever. I lost my train of thought. All right, good. Choo choo. No. God damn it. All right, moving on. We'll get to Jaws. Wait. Fuck. Crows. Man, he seems angry about it, too. <laughs> this is not. So, played that uh, commercial from 1975 at the beginning. 
of the podcast. Did you we notice did. anything interesting about it? It doesn't mention the it director of the movie is Steven Spielberg, because for the last time in history, it didn't matter going into the movie. What did Spielberg done before this one? Duel. I don't even know what that is. And he did... Uh, Indy did? He did a Goldie Hawn movie, but I can't remember the name Bird of it. Bird on a Wire. No, he did a movie I can't remember the name of. Overboard. Sugarland Express. I've never yeah. heard of either of his movies. I got it. So but this was his third movie. I don't know. There might have been another one. All right, right. but But whatever. this was his first big, big budget. I guess the other one had a budget, but this was a big... It created summer blockbusters. Oh, yeah. Know. We've talked about... I think that's kind of like established, right? That is the birthplace of the summer blockbuster. At least that's what I've been told since I was a child. It's just fascinating to me that listen to a, a piece of advertising for a Spielberg movie that doesn't mention that he's made the movie because that would never happen again. No. After that, it was... next. The Spielberg next, was a hit. The next movie, I think, was Close Encounters of the Third Kind in 77, which I'm almost positive had to be marketed everywhere as from the director of Jaws, Steven Spielberg, comes, you know... Oh, sure. Of course. But it was it felt naked without it because I always think of it and, like, that's, you know... Well, I didn't, I didn't notice. Spielberg, because I haven't been really interested in any of his movies in a while, that... Yeah, I you guess, hate Indiana Jones and Jurassic Park, clearly. In a while. Those were how long ago? Crystal Skull was, in, was 2008. Yeah, and that, that, that's right up there on my list of movies I haven't finished watching. Yep. You liked War Horse. <laughs> I don't even know. This guy, this guy made a lot of movies. I don't know what War Horse is. I should have played a game. I should have created four titles, and you can guess which one's real and which, yeah. one, which one's Did the fake one. Did he do the one with Haley Joel Osment as the AI. robot? Yeah, AI. Yeah. I'd okay. never seen it because I think the last thing in the world I ever want to see is Steven Spielberg pretending to be Stanley Kubrick. <laughs> I don't even remember. Uh, Jude Law was good. You're right. That's exactly what that movie it was. It is. And I don't need to see him. Jude doing... Law was good, though. Jude Law's always good. I know. What did I just see him in? I the Young Pope? Spy. Spy, yeah. Yeah, great. you've been telling me to watch Spy with Melissa McCarthy. And Jason Statham. Yep. And Rose. Oh, that's where we got Rose Byrne because we had just done the Insidious movies. That was like, I watched it. It was pretty good. I told you. I liked it. All right. Jaws. Back to Jaws. Jaws. God damn it. I love this movie. Pete. Yes? Is Jaws Spielberg's best movie? I have trouble naming many others. We've done... Well, I really like Jurassic Park. Yes. I really like Jaws. Yeah. Raiders of the Lost Ark, and Last I really Crusade. like Raiders of the Lost Ark and Last Crusade. Those are the four I can think... I, I am not counting Close Encounters of the Third Time for the third kind. E.T.? I don't... I don't like it either. I'm not a big E.T. guy. Schindler's List, which you've never seen. Probably never Saving will. Private Ryan. Don't care for it. Um... Those are probably the best of the best. Well, I will say this. No, I'm going to say this one, Jurassic Park, and the two. Yeah, I've asked, you to pick, I've asked you to pick one. Well, those are the four I pick as my one. They go in as a group. So that was one from the 70s, one from the early 80s, one from the late 80s, and what was the fourth movie? Uh, Crusade. That was 89. That was 89, not 90? It was 89. Okay. They got 81, Jurassic 89, Park Jurassic Park's 93. 93. Yeah. So that's, okay. that's a pretty good run. That's 14 years apart. A pretty good run of good movies. And That's, then he made nothing of value again. I, not in my opinion, anyway. I, I mean, Schindler's List is the same year as Jurassic Park. That's great. So, 93 was really his peak. Yeah, and clearly the, the smart people should be watching Jurassic Park. Because we've talked about this before. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've seen Jurassic Park a hundred times, right. but if you watch Schindler's List twice, you're a sociopath. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that just holds true for a lot of movies. But whatever. I think Spielberg got like full of himself. I don't know. Now he's got to make important, he serious got, pieces of work. He didn't get full of himself. He got old. 
This is what happens. Uh, eh, I don't know what happens. Artists get older, and then the things that interest them aren't the same exciting things that interest you when you're younger. But who does it interest? Well, apparently a lot of people, because you just name movies that people really like. Bridge of Spies? I don't know what that is. Nobody under 50 does. Spies like us? Yeah, Dan Eckert. Yeah, but that's no one over under like what seventy knows what that is. How old is that movie? Oh no, it was for young people when it came out. Yeah, is it John Candy? No, no, it's um Dan Aykroyd and no, it's yeah, Chevy Chase and Dan Chase, Aykroyd. That's right. Yep. Okay, Pete, I would like you to recap the plot of Jaws. My favorite, my highlight of my that's first of two highlights. Of but mine. I know this movie. Right. Shark shows up. Yeah. Shark eats folk. Yep. Cool sea captain kind of kills the shark, and mm-hmm. then this. Sheriff, who is a... Uh, you know, I read the book, too. Sheriff ends up blowing him up with a uh, tank of propane or some such thing. Awesome movie. No, this is the times. actual highlight of my thing. All right, what's the highlight? Can oh, if you, you want to throw some axe at me? I bet you I can nail the axe. The axe breaks. Here Did we you go. look this up? No, I didn't. Right. I was just thinking about it, because you've been... Everyone who comes on this podcast is like, well, what's the axe break? Because I found it. Ready? Shark eats a bunch of folk on the beach. That's not, a, that's not an axe break. That's, that's what happens in the first act. Yeah, yeah. That's act one. Oh, you want me to name the specific parts? There are two Get out of extremely town. specific parts in Jaws of all the movies <sighs> we watch. There are two specific moments moments that break us into the next act. All right. So they get on the boat and they go hunting the shark. That's part two. That's the act break. Do you think the act break of, part of, of the movie starts 45 minutes left of the movie? That's yeah. the end of the first act? Yes. Okay. Where, is the, sec- where is the second act? second end? one is when... Because uh, you might accidentally get the second one right. The Based second on one is when uh, they the the final shark attack when they're they're on the boat that's and it's going down. You wouldn't yeah. think that's the climax. Why wouldn't I think that's the climax? Because you, you've decided it's the beginning of Act Three. It is. It's right when the boat uh, gets disabled. That's Act Three. You're very close on that one. That is, that's what I'm sticking with, and I'm right. The first act. All right, you tell me what you think the act. <laughs> I don't have to tell you what I think. I can tell you what's no, right. No, tell me what you think. The first act ends when Mrs. Kintner slaps uh brody wait hey t- quick aside all of these people right like mrs kittner there yeah. she has what maybe a 10 year old kid who gets eaten yeah she looked like she was 70 right well, she died two years ago at the age of 91 so if we do some math she would have been in her late 40s that can make that's perfectly fine <laughs> well i think she looked sure. rough sure there were a lot of people who look super old and then they're having kids but, around my age but but that no, Pete. I have something People to tell just, you about how you look. And you, you look. You're very Mrs. Look, Kittner-esque, and you have you have a ten year old. So I don't here. know what you, I don't know where you were going with this, but it didn't it didn't end up where you thought. Have you have you thought about this at all with your white beard and you know coming at me with your crows and your Nicolas Cage and they, now hey, these. Uh, for the record, I didn't say a word about crows. Mm, that's fair. Yeah. All right. So. That you claim is the end of part one. Why is, would that be the end? The, of the it's first the end day? of part one because everything before that, literally the moment before he gets slapped, he's willing to accept that. Yep, that's the shark. We're moving on. I don't care about any of this anymore. I've done it. We're all we're all fine now. And that is the moment where it slaps him into action. It but, literally slaps him into action. But wasn't the next his scene, kid? Nope. That I know where you're going with this, but that is what gets him over his fear of the water. What gets him to start investigating and doing his job correctly is the very next scene. Uh, they're at dinner. And Hooper comes over, and he starts getting drunk, and he goes, let's go cut that shark open, which the mayor has told him not to do, because he has now taken the action that he should be taking and stopped uh, being the side character in the story. It is literally the moment that slaps him into action. What do you mean that got, going back to Malachi, I'm following you there. Okay. But 
at that same point, that was when his kid was in the, the inner lagoon or whatever they called it, the pond. That's the next, that's, that happens in Act 2, because he tries to get the beach closed, and he, the mayor uh, refuses to close it, and he, he literally says, those beaches will be open when this oh, shines. Oh, yeah, that okay, happens you're right, all right. Now, when the kid almost gets in, when the kid uh, gets how does that the shot. Get him, how does that get him over a sphere of water? That's when he looks out into the, as soon as, when he pulls his son out, and he's in shock, and he's on the beach, and he's laying there, he, does, he turns and he looks right into the sea. And he's like, that's the moment where he's like, I have to, I have to do it. I have to go do this myself. That's the moment that gets him over his fear of going in the water. What gets him on board with the, with even bothering to deal with this is getting slapped by Mrs. Kintner. Okay. Now, this, the, you, were, mm. you were pretty much dead on right with the Act 2 end. Act 2 ends when they're singing the song after Quint tells his story and yeah, the, the, the shark begins to destroy disabling the Disabling of the That the is boat. when Act 2 begins because right. everything after that is Act 3. Okay, well. So you got one, you, you, two, you, two, when you listen to Ready or Not, that's two weeks in a row you've gotten one of the Act 3. I don't remember what Ready or Not, like the Act breaks were, but I'll, I'll accept your uh, your praise because I was right and that's what I recall and uh, good for me. This Pat movie, on the back. This movie's Pete. 124 minutes, Pete, which breaks your I rule. I know, God, don't think I didn't I notice I feel that. like it can't lose anything, though. No, you know, I was thinking about that too. There's not really much you can cut here's another thing because i got the stuff that is so thrilling the last half hour on the boat is so good that it's like we're not going to lose anything here i didn't realize that you know the the all the deaths and everything happened in about like 12 minutes yeah it's a very the deaths are all in like the last five seven minutes like it's a very very fast ending and that's oh i don't know it was fun i the two flaws though you're right there's two flaws one is the runtime it's too long. And well, you other, just said it, you said it wasn't a problem, but go ahead. Yeah, I've changed my mind. I'm back. It's a problem again. The other one is that longtime listeners will know I'm a big fan of looking for the best boy in any film. I stay yeah. for the credits to see who the best boy is in any given film. Apparently in 1975, is that when this came out? That's correct. There was either no best boy on set or they did not designate a best boy. The full credits didn't run at the end of the movie. Were they at the beginning? It might have been. I don't know. I don't think. They, I don't think they were either, because it starts at the beach party, yeah. which is very much. I there guess, is an opening credit, but I don't believe it runs through all the title cards like the old movies from the twenties did. So I don't think they ever credited everybody with the thing, because there was no credit for costume designers. Like they just, they just didn't have the credits. Maybe they just it's didn't strange. have costume designers. Maybe People they just did. showed up with whatever they had in their wardrobe. The production day. was troubled. It was just whatever they could get, and half that, more than half the movies, just filled with people from. Uh, uh, where the Martha's Vineyard is that where it was filmed? They filmed at Martha's Vineyard. Okay, yeah. uh, that's why they all have Boston accents. Hey, did you know there was like a murder? Uh, do you ever know about a that? murder? A murder of fuck crows. <laughs> God damn it, Nicholas Cage! I just love you, even though you're saying bad things about the things I love. Uh, no, there was somebody who was found. Do you know any of this, or am I just talking nonsense? I don't it, know what you're. It's like there was like the sand dune murder or something, like from the. Right where Martha's Vineyard, they found a woman either right. <laughs> so we're in my basement again, and there's all sorts of toys all over the place. And I was just given a hot dog bun in an inappropriate place. And that's what I had to look at while I was telling my story. There was a murder, goddammit, at either right after they finished filming or during filming, right there by the beach. They found a woman whose head was cut off, and her like hands were. No, her head was almost severed. Her hands were cut off, and there was like seaweed or pine needles where her hands should be. So then they think that she might have been an extra on Jaws, and she's on film in a Fourth of July scene. They think that might be her, or like uh -huh. her last. You don't know anything? I swear to God, it's a thing. I don't know the details. I, I didn't look it up. It. 
All right, well, look it up, somebody out there. It's like, it's a thing. I think Stephen King's son was involved somehow, like in reporting it, not committing the crime. <laughs> Let's say, this is quite the accusation. <laughs> well, maybe Coming he did. It. Was it Joe Hill? Joe Hill, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's an author, too. I think I knew a book thing. Speaking of books, Jaws is based on the 1974 bestseller by Peter Benchley. Uh, Pete, is this where you tell me the book is better than the movie? You want my... I don't remember. I read that book when I was a teenager, so okay. I don't... It was after I saw the movie, too, because, sure. you know, it, why wouldn't it be? I watched the movie first, like a normal person. Mm-hmm. Uh, who? The book came out before they were born, and the movie. But anyway, here's what I remember from the movie, or the book. I'll tell you what I remember from the movie next. <laughs> That's good help. All right. From the book, there was a big mafia involvement. That's why the mayor had to keep the beach open. He was like in debt to the mob or something. So there was all this pressure. Hooper slept with Roy Schneider's wife or Schneider. What the hell is his name? His name is uh, Martin Not, Brody. Mar- is it Martin? Yeah. All right. I couldn't remember his first name. I thought it was just Brody. And the credits he's, only He's say, just credited as Brody. Yeah, right. Yeah. So that didn't help me. Martin Brody. Hooper sleeps with his wife. Hooper gets eaten by the shark, as one does. And then uh, Quint's not going to get paid anymore because they always go out and come back like the same day. He's like, uh, it's a personal thing now. And I guess the town was like, well, we're not going to pay anymore, whatever. And he's like, it's personal. So he goes out there. And Martin Brody, his big thing was he wasn't afraid of the water. He was afraid of being alone in the water. Right. So, uh, shit, how does it Oh, uh Quentin Brody go fight. They go I, fight I did the research shark. on this. Oh, did you? I, I wanted to combat your, uh, well, if you had an opinion that it was better. He gets he gets dragged down, right? Like he's throwing harpoons at it's it. It's the same and, way that Ahab dies. Uh, look at you pulling out a movie dick reference on me, and I had to think for a minute. Yeah. Okay, but yeah, so then he gets dragged down to death, and Brody's alone in the ocean, the end. Yep, so I wrote it all down, too, because... So was I close? You got it all right, actually. All right. Uh, I think that there is zero chance... The book is better this time. And I have I have brought my receipts. Okay. I've only read one other Peter Benchley book. Yeah. And it was something I think about giant squids and there was a plesiosaur. Or no, it was about a meg, like a, one of a megalodon. So, hey, hey, I guess I don't remember. I don't remember. It was called The Trench. It wasn't great. Meg 2, The Trench opens on Friday. Uh, that's true. So that's based on a different book series I haven't read. I didn't. I thought Meg was a family. I, mean, I never thing. read this either. I don't read anything. But he, there, there are you always want to credit the fact that he created it. That's harder to do than recreating it for a movie in the first place. He birthed it out of nothing. That's always more impressive to me than the, the tact of writing the book is more impressive than what Spielberg did with the movie because he came from at least having an outline, <clears throat> most of which he scrapped. But okay, I'm following. There, you. there are his subplots that you touch on. The two major subplots. The 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 affair and the mafia. It doesn't fit thematically at all with even the book. Why is, okay, first of all, every character in the book is, I haven't read it, unlikable. Okay, the, Hooper, Hooper's super boring as opposed to the charismatic version we get from Richard Dreyfuss. Uh, much more hard-nosed, hard-ass cop uh, for uh, Roy Scheider than what Roy Scheider gives us his Brody in the movie. Scheider, that's yes. his name. And Quint is, is a much more likable person who also tortures animals. I don't remember yeah, that. But he's also kindlier. Well, I can see that in the movie, too. He really didn't like sharks. Yep. I know he didn't. That's that's. We'll, we'll get to that's one of the main reasons the movie's better. But uh, so the characters aren't as good. The, the mafia subplot, it takes away from everything that works about the story. This is a nightmare come to a peaceful place where there's no crime and they're not prepared for any of this. Instead, in Benchley's book, it's run by the mafia. 
the mafia has influence everything. Like, that doesn't fit at all with with the story of this monster coming to their shores. Is like, okay. like right from the get go. I'm already like that's stupid. I like the inept politician who we then saw in every single town in 2020. <laughs> come to uh, real life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. During the yes. shutdown or pandemic or whatever as we had here. Every every elected official became uh Mayor Vaughn. Okay. So that uh, was his name, Mayor Vaughn? Yes. I like his clothes. Uh the thing I learned recently is that uh, remember the movie opens with uh Roy Scheider hating that his house faces the sun, the the thing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I uh, remember. When when Vaughn gets out of his car, it says Vaughn Realty. It means he sold them that house. <laughs> hey, I didn't notice that. <laughs> he fucks them right from the start. <laughs> That guy's a dick. That guy's horrible. And still the mayor in Jaws 2. <laughs> Just throw that out there. I never, I don't remember Jaws 2. Uh, so the, the, let's get to the, the Quint, because the Quint's the most, well, you can get to the affair stuff. It's just, why, why am I reading? Why is this in here? Why are we wasting? The, the, the audio book for the movie, for the book is nine and a half hours long. Holy cow. Yeah. You like well, you short know, movies, but you, you'll love 10 hour I don't know. Well, first Novels. off, I've never listened to an audiobook, so I don't even know what the translation in time is, like reading versus just sitting there listening to it. So I don't know how fast people read. So I have no well, basis for comparison. If I were to read Jaws, it's 350, 380 pages. It would take me about four years. I was about to say a few years. Easy, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, all right. So the, you, you've never read the book, but you're very passionate having read all the reviews. You probably could have read the book. No, the amount I, of- I'm, I'm passionate about themes and things that make sense. So we'll get right. We'll skip the affair stuff because it's just filler that you don't need in the first place. But uh, we'll get to the, the Quint part. And the Quint part in the movie is perfect. Quint. Robert Shaw, far and away. I, yes. oh, sorry, everyone was really good in this movie. Yes. Sorry, but but I, God damn, I love him. He is great. Everyone loves Quint, right? It, in in the book, the Ahab thing is on purpose. Clearly, he's he's he harpoons the shark <clears throat> as it's going to eat Brody, and the shark finally runs out of steam right right in front of him and dies. Right. But uh, Hooper get, or uh, Quint gets caught in one of the lines of the spear and gets dragged into water and dies. Which is exactly what happens to Captain Ahab. He gets pulled off the ship by the... Yeah, yeah. So th- he's made it very clear. Uh, Spielberg makes it less clear, which I think makes it far better, because the signs are clearly there that he's an Ahab. He's, yeah. his, his den is decorated with the maws of sharks oh, yeah, everywhere. Yeah, yeah. So you should know, but they're desperate. They don't know what they're on the boat with until he tells the story of the USS Indianapolis. At which point, they should have just gotten off and swam. Yeah, it's fair because there's that moment when uh, Brody's trying to call the radio, like call back to shore, yes. and then and he the destroys scene, the radio, but and he destroys the engine. It cuts right to Quint, yeah. and he's there with that bat, and you're like, "Holy shit, this is a there's, skull-splitting moment." Because he's not the star of the movie, he's not the main character. You don't know that he's going to be this character until it's too late, which makes the movie fantastic because now they're just fucked. Yeah. Uh, Yep, they're trapped on this guy who is yes. revenge-seeking. Because it's tough. I didn't know. Cause it's all kind of blurred in my head. I don't know if that conveys just watching the movie, just how obsessed he is. But you pointed out that they've got the little clues. The you, little don't know, you don't know for sure until he destroys the radio. Well, yeah. But even I was sitting there when he's ruining the boat. I'm like, why is he? Yeah. Why, what is this? Is, is he? Has the movie shown me enough that he's obsessed? Like, why is? Otherwise, he's just a nut going too fast. They got this shark. Well, they're it, taking him to shore. Why ruin the thing, boat? I think it's a thing that's been misread for a long time in other places too, that character. Cause people always, that's like the big question. Why does he destroy the, radio? the boat? Yeah. Why yeah. does he destroy the boat? And it's like, it's clear why he destroys it because this is it. He's not waiting anymore. When he tells the story and he's like, the hardest part was waiting for my turn. Well, 
this is it. It's happening. I'm making my last stand. I'm going to get this fucking shark or he's going to get me. And that's when he walks out without the life jacket on. He throws him the life jacket. It's like, this is it. Like, he doesn't care if he dies. Right. I mean, he does in the moment. But he's like, I'm I'm not waiting anymore. He doesn't want to miss the opportunity because he's got the shark. Tim or me. This is the yeah. final. We're hitting that final showdown. You, they don't realize they're in this guy's story until it's too late and they're in the middle of the ocean. That they're just side characters? All right. They don't realize it. And that's what I really love about the movie. Uh, Whereas in the book, like, you know, Hooper dying, you can do it either way. It seems like in the book it's an out, though, because he's having an affair with this guy's wife. And now I don't have to deal with that because he died. You know, to me, this the the Hooper, like, keeping uh, Dreyfus alive, yeah. that seemed like an almost like an add-on after because... It could have gone either way. Like, the audience, because it just seemed like I thought he was dead. And then they like, oh, no, audiences liked him in a test screening or something. That so they. The- one aspect of the book that I will argue that you could argue to me is better, and I'll accept it, is that it ending with his greatest fear realized alone in the middle of the sea. That that works. Okay. See, I don't even. I just vaguely remember that. Well, I know that that's ending. what it is, though. That's okay. how it ends is with him basically stranded alone in the ocean. In and, the ocean. But he was such a dick, right? In the in the. So it didn't matter. You're like, ha ha ha. Good. I don't there's, remember there's that. that there's also but. just thematically, I don't know that it pays off the way that movie that story should like it's fine it's like a horror ending it is it is fine as like a ooh, that's creepy to think about imagine their greatest fear and you got it but why is this happening to him like he's he's getting cheated on everyone dies he's not even the one who kills the shark like quint kills the shark right so like what was he's just like a bystander in the story so why is the story about him like there's a lot of this is sloppy it's a sloppy book Again, the other bench i haven't read a lot of benchley but it's the two i read kind of feel like he was a sloppy writer but I don't hate the idea of the, the ending. Thinking about that ending is is, but th- that's kind of the problem though. He gets done in by nature. It's supposed to be man versus monster. So one dies by his own pride, and one dies by rain, monster, and right. one dies by nature. What are we What are we doing out here on this boat? That doesn't that just doesn't make sense to me. Is like get your shit together, Benchley. Well, not anymore. He's dead. But get your shit together, Benchley. So good sure. luck with that, pal. Now those are all reasons that I would argue it. But the reason that it's just flat out not possible to be better is it's tipped off and i wrote down the opening line of the book and it gives away why the movie's better jesus christ you should have just read this book well i read one line of it all right and it it. gives away why the movie's better uh and it actually in the very opening of the movie in the very opening of the book it tells you why the movie's better robert shaw is great is that what it starts with that's first, the first line. actually let's even get to that the kintner slap's not even in the book she just goes over and talks to him and that's that's an important moment that it, For the movie, but again, movies are different. It's a different beast. It's you still stories aren't. Yeah, whatever. They're different beasts. Anyway, right. go on. The first line of the book is: "The great fish moved silently through the night water, propelled by short sweeps of its crescent tail." Crescent tail. The the word in there that's important: silently. Yeah. The music in Jaws is the reason the movie is better. Except for the entire dismantling of the orca no, at the end, you right? don't like that? You don't no, like how I it turns it. into a... I love the dead silence. I think yeah. that... Oh, I thought you meant the other way. No, no, no. I love this. The music comes at the end. And it's yeah, great. yeah. Does John Williams do the score for that yes. one again? He does all the bangers. Yes. He's so good. He, let's get to that. Let's get to the score. Because the score okay. is why the, the movie's better. So it goes from everyone loves the the Indianapolis story. Yes, how we'll get to that, that too. But they start singing Show Me the Way to Go Home, which is a song I still sing. And I was on the way, having watched Jaws for this podcast... I was singing it to the kids on the way to the bus stop this morning because that's how my brain works and it's going to be lodged up there forever. That's the singing. Then shark attack and the music is gone. It is dead silent in all of that. Richard Dreyfuss, when he's in that cage underwater, 
when it's just quiet. Yeah, they don't have it. That's how they trick you that time. From behind. Because yeah. you can see it coming, just silently glides right. in and slams. But you see it a couple of seconds. So you're like, oh, shit. It's so fun. And then throughout that whole final fight before until Shaw dies, no, no score. I also really enjoyed how when they're out there bonding, before they start really bonding with the scar scene, when they're out yeah, there yeah. and they're hunting the shark before night, uh, it, he turns it into a sweeping like <laughs> adventure movie. Uh, music, which I think is pretty great because oh, it yeah. lets you feel like you're safe, which is funny because the ship's going to go down. Oh, yeah. It's it's the hunt. I always like, like uh, when we talked about Insidious, I like when the ghost hunters show up. I yeah. like it when it's people formulate a plan to go on the attack against whatever it is that is, you know, bedeviling them. I love that. So, um, John Williams, this doesn't sound like a regular John Williams score. It does. It doesn't. Come on. The, the, look at the, the famous part of it, the Jaws theme. Yeah. That's a Bernard Herrmann song, or Bernard Herrmann theme from, from Psycho or North by Northwest. Like, uh, and, I don't know, yeah. Spielberg, I think, even said, like, he's just doing Bernard Herrmann here for the two chords. That is a, that is a pure, first of all, it's a pure slasher theme, as, as you'd hear later. Of course. Oh, yeah, yeah, but absolutely. He's not, it's, it's not, it, when I think of John Williams, I'm thinking of Superman, I'm thinking of Indiana Jones. This is not that theme. This is the antithesis of that. This is a Bernard Herrmann psycho score. For, okay. the, for, for the parts with the shark, not the parts when they're in the adventures of the high seas. That's more John Williams like. Yeah. But, okay. But fair there enough. is the, the famous part of it. The part that that is the part is totally a Bernard Herrmann score, which is fascinating. The Imperial March. That's Williams, right? Yeah. That's that bomb, 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 bomb. But that even has the donut. Yeah. That, well, then it sweeps. It up, has yeah. the sweeping John Williams. Well, yeah. I, I haven't listened to the you know the soundtrack to Jaws, so I don't know what the entire orchestral version of. Uh, well, I just mean the Jaws theme, the thing that made him made him uh, John Williams. That was his first one. It wasn't his first one, but it's like it's the most one of the most probably the first thing he did that was the most famous thing because it's yeah. pre Star Wars, it's pre. But Spielberg Indiana and everyone Jones. can say it was whoever it was from whenever back in the day, but it's John. Like it's whoever did it most recently usually gets known for it. Like uh. I'm trying to think of anything for anyone who samples music, for instance, right? Like kids are going to remember whatever the most recent version of the song is, not what the original is. So well, it's I'm, a John Williams music as far as I Even Spielberg said he's, he's doing a psycho riff. Well, Spielberg's old and no one cares about his opinion or what he does he was anymore. 26 anyway. at the time. Well, yeah, he's old and no one cares about his opinion or what he thought at the time. Were you upset that they didn't have a lot of follow-up on the karate school that was chopping down fences? Because... <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was perfect to show exactly what this cop has to deal with in this town. No, I did. That is that is great. Um, I did. I was upset with the follow-up of, if I recall correctly, Richard Dreyfus shot like a tracking device into that goddamn shark. Almost missed tying up the barrel to do it. Yeah. And then they never tracked him. Yeah. Why? Why? Well, they never lost him. I guess they did lose him at night. Right, a bunch of times. Goddamn, I would have been glued to my thing. No, you know what? I'd be singing my song, and a shark's not going to sneak up on me because you know why? I got I tracked the goddamn thing. I think they popped the beaver back up just to mock us to show how stupid Hooper is to not go check it. He yeah. got drunk. Is that the moral? He got yeah. drunk with Quint. And he forgot to do his job. Hooper, I don't know. Hooper's interesting because he he knows everything until he gets out on that boat, and then Quint immediately points out that he he doesn't know enough to say he's wrong and it's it's an interesting moment because brody knows nothing right and they these other two people come from real life and science backgrounds and yeah, he's science is real life too I, like hooper I, hands did on. no stuff i mean more hands-on but hooper was down in that engine yeah, and hooper knew how to run the boat too but he didn't know he didn't all of quint's methods to him are, are stupid and all of quint's methods are correct 
Yeah, but we saw what Quint's methods did in the end. Well, Quint's, they don't know where they are. Maybe Hooper was correct when he, the whole time, he he knew. Hooper knew, and he's like, hey, hey, guy, stop he thinks it. He thinks he's stop. got a barracuda when he catches that shark. Well, he's not like the greatest scientist. How about the fact that Quint found that shark fucking immediately? Yeah. They were, that was the fair. same day. Right. Knight had you. Quint, uh, Quint, Quint's the fucking man. We, we talked about this outside. Like, is Quint... We've already on this podcast brought up that he's he's an Ahab. He's he's obsessed. We just don't know it until it's too late, until we're out on this water with him. And I still think he's the coolest, best character in this movie by far. Uh, yeah, we had it's talked a, about, a movie of great characters. Yeah, we, we had talked about this briefly uh, beforehand where you as a kid, you yeah. liked him. I liked him too. Yeah. And then you watched it again a few years back and you're like, wow, this guy's just a colossal dick. I think that's the first time I really caught that they were trapped with, with, with the madman. And, okay. and then I thought, well, that's not good. And then I watched it this time and I was like, Fucking still cool. I, it's still cool to be out there. I never got tired of Quinn. I just thought he was cool. I don't know that I ever truly processed that he was a you know a I know he was an Ahab, but a psychopath that they were trapped with. I yeah. didn't appreciate that they were trapped on the boat until right now. They just they just they couldn't know, you couldn't know it when you watch the movie because especially it took me how many times to catch it. You can't know it because it's not his story. He, you see him briefly at the beginning, and then you don't see him again until until they are ready to get on the boat. You don't know what he's doing. He gave most of those speeches too, with like long takes, like yes. one shots. The Did, one at the beginning too, when they were getting the initial I'll three thousand dollar bounty. Yeah, yeah. Did you notice that when they enter that scene, there's nothing on the blackboard Which scene where you meet Quint. Oh, there's okay. nothing on the blackboard when everyone enters the room, and then when it when it finally pans over to him when he scratches the with the best sound design of all time when he scratches the blackboard chalkboard. Uh, that the shark's drawn on it. He drew that shark. He drew the person being eaten by the shark. Uh, He's figured, the one sitting by the chalkboard. I figured it was him, yeah. Did he deface the... Uh, the town board? The board the, as well? I don't know. Maybe. Because he's insane. <laughs> That's entirely possible. I didn't think of it. I thought it was those correct, those fence chopping kids. I, I can't remember where I saw that. It was a YouTube video I watched. Uh, so search for Jaws stuff on YouTube because somebody brought that up. The uh, I caught the thing about the, the chalkboard before, but I never thought about, is he the one that then did this? Because yeah, he's I trying didn't. to get them to pay me that money. Uh, I never paid attention. Like, good for Quinn. See? No, I don't think he did. You know why? Because he just wanted... I don't I think, think he cared he about the money. I think he just wanted that shark. I think he knew the town would eventually turn to him and that they didn't understand what they were doing. Mm. Do you think he was the one who killed that lady in the dunes? The dunes. The, the murder that I believe happened. On we the never set. see that it's a shark. Oh, no. I, th- I thought you meant the woman from the beginning. We never see a shark there. Is that just Quint snorkeling? It could be. You're right. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to drop some fear so they'll pay me to go kill some what sharks. What about the little kid on the uh, yellow? Hey, you brought up to me, and I don't know if anyone out there you know, who's listening may have noticed this, but the scene on the beach where the little kid gets killed, the... First off, kudos killing a child in a movie like that. Graphically, too. That blood spurt was huge. Oh, yeah. It was insane, but good for you. But PG. You, you pointed out the color, yeah. that everything's yellow. Yeah, yeah, I didn't notice any of this. Yeah, he, yellow keeps passing by. He's even on a yellow oh, raft. Yeah, right. But now, he's wearing red. Yeah, and then he's wearing red. Like yeah. So there's signs all over the place that... That scene, I think, might be the best scene Hitchcock, or, uh, Spielberg ever directed, because it is pure Hitchcock. Where okay. the way that... And it's edited together See, in a way that's I don't so, know Hitchcock, so why is it, like, Hitchcock? I don't know how you've never seen Hitchcock movies. Well, I have, but I guess I don't know what the what The, the building of is. suspense in that scene, and I've, I mentioned when we were outside before the podcast started that I've never caught that the thing I love about Jaws so much is because he couldn't use the shark. It is largely a Hitchcock movie for two acts. He, uh, he ends it with a vertigo zoom on Roy Scheider, and I don't know how I never put together before that he was like, yeah, I'm tipping my cap all the way to what I've just done in the last five minutes. 
the beach is so crowded, you can't hear everybody talking. There's a part where the guy's right in his face, and you can't hear him because he's somebody screaming in the water, and he's trying to look past right, him. Right, right. I thought that was very well done. People keep passing by him, and lose, you lose the line of sight with what's going on in the water, and every time it does, it zooms closer into Roy Scheider's face. It's it's a masterpiece of, of building tension. Of ratcheting up, yeah. The dog jumps in the water. The kid's floating out there. There's a woman floating out there where Harry walks uh, swims by with his bad hat. There's there's people on the beach bothering him. His wife's bothering him. There's so much going on, and you know something's going to happen. You just don't know who it's going to happen to. And there's the woman screaming, and then it's her boyfriend picking her up. It's like so many things are going on, and you can't concentrate on any of them. And it puts you perfectly into what uh, Brody is, where he like literally his line of sight keeps getting blocked by people as he's just trying to make sure everything's okay. It's it's perfect. And then it ends in the most horrific thing in the movie. Right, which is the kid being Robert Shaw getting killed. That was pretty great. That blood spread out of his mouth is pretty pretty great. I like that he's stabbing Jaws on the way down. Yes. Hey, was Jaws a Bond villain? Yes. So it was a like it was like the land shark kind of thing. Is that what it was that the deal? He was a henchman who turned good in the second appearance he was in. But he was like a shark? No, he had metal teeth. I, he was big and I, had metal teeth. I see. Yes. He was the tall guy with a nail on his head in Happy Gilmore. Oh, yeah. I like him. That's references you do now. All right, thank you for bringing it to something I know. Uh, another great shot in the movie, uh, if you caught it, uh, when they're on the ferry. Uh, okay, I'm listening. It's, it's like a two-minute long one-shot where there's seven characters, four of which have dialogue. The mayor's, uh, he's decided to close the beach, uh, Brody, and the mayor and his thugs like accost him. And they're like, hey, we're worried you're getting into some bad business here. And he, the, the whole scene goes for like two minutes as the, as the ferry turns around to get them the car to the other part of the uh, mm-hmm. thing. And it's all in one shot. As there's three characters in the background and four characters with, speed, with, with dialogue. That would have been a nightmare. Right, I didn't notice that, but that's impressive. It's very, it's a great shot, and it ends hilariously right before it cuts. Uh, the the ferryman's just gotten them across; he's about to dock it, and right before it cuts, the mayor Vaughn goes, "Okay, you can take us back now." <laughs> and this guy has a great look on his face where he's like, "What oh, the fuck?" I Everybody hates this fucking mayor. I don't know how he keeps getting elected. I missed it. Something I noticed, and I had to look it up because I'm like, "Hey, what's up with that?" And I remember seeing it in the past, and I never bothered to look it up. The comets in the background. Did you see those? The shooting stars? Yeah, the shooting yeah. stars. I had to look it up because it seems just very cheesy CGI'd in. And it, it is. It, it happened it's, twice. It's, it's a myth. Right. It's a, I did the... Okay, you know probably... I did quick he put research. Him, it's, in, it's in Temple of Doom. It's in some of his other movies too. Oh, really? Yeah. It's okay. like a signature thing he puts in. That he puts stars. a CGI. He, he'd have gotten away with it if he did it once in Jaws. It happens twice. Yeah. It that's, happens, that's the problem. It happens right... Uh, right behind Roy Scheider's head. As he's loading the, one, the gun he after the singing scene. Yep. He could have gotten away with that one. But then when that's all over, there's like a, an outside shot yes. of the boat. And he could have gotten away it. with one. And he, he pushed it to her. Well, the thing I read said that... Because again, I just I did a quick thing. It said that he claimed it was true at the time. And other people yes. have said, oh no, it's CGI. It's 100% not It's true. 100 I it's didn't think so. It, looked, it was really That's weird. CGI. That didn't exist. But well, whatever the yeah. technology was yeah. at the time. Okay. So I looked up how much money uh, in 1975 <laughs> translates to today to see what the offer actually was for the $3,000. How much do you think $3,000 in 1975, which is what they were offering... All of the amateur shark hunters and their shit show to catch a shark. How much do you think that is worth in 2020? In real money? I don't know, a billion dollars? <laughs> it, is, it is $1 billion. That's right. And it wasn't enough for Quint. He's like, I'm going to need 10. Um, it is $17,000. So when you, see, you have to put that into account because when you watch the movie, you're like, only three grand. 
and it's like, oh, 17 grand. That that's a pretty fucking decent number. I'm sorry. If somebody offered you three thousand dollars to go out and hunt a shark today, I think you would have the same exact scenario take place. Do Every- it. Oh, all these people? Yeah, you'd have little rowboats going out there, and people are like, that's $3,000. I'm not saying that they wouldn't do it. I'm just saying that it's a cheap offer if $3,000 today. For 17 is, well, I looked up what 10 grand is, because Quint's like, I'm going to get three grand, and you're going to give me 10 grand uh, when I kill him. 21000 You're really good at math. 50, almost $57,000. All right. And Who, was the town paying for this, or was this the kid's mom? I never really No, no, figured. it was the town. All right. I th- well, no. The, it's the town when... The mayor signs off on it after the attack on the beach that, that uh, where they eat the guy in the cove. With uh, Brody's kid yes. in the water. So he signs off on it then to pay Quint Widow. So at least that money's coming from the town. I'm not sure where the original money's See, coming I from. I always took it as it was the kid's mom and Quint's just, you know, it could a be. dick. It could be. But the, the money that was going to go to Quint when they do decide to go out on the water was going to come from the town. Okay, that makes sense. But I don't know where the original money was coming that's from. That's the way I took I it. Never, I didn't read the whole thing. I was I too busy using the inflation calculator. <laughs> I didn't even consider it. I'm like, three grand? I'm going to go to the ocean. Which way is the ocean? So the, the Indianapolis story is also not in the book. <clears throat> okay. That, that came from the screenwriter wrote some, a producer wrote some, Robert Shaw was drunk and rambled some. That's the famous story is he, he was really drunk and he couldn't really get the speech and they were going to cobble it together. And then he sobered up a bit and said, ask Spielberg to let him do it one more time. And they used that one shot. They used well, the one take. Great. It's the best monologue in the history of films. I've seen this movie a fair few times and it never gets old. The whole movie doesn't ever get old. No. I don't ever get tired watching it, even though there's not a ton of, you know, man versus shark going on. No. But every time the shark attacks, it is cool. This monologue oh yeah is flawless and i there's things about it you catch every like there's a thing i never really noticed is in that youtube video that i watched uh where a guy was breaking down look for like jaw stuff you missed or something like that because there was things i missed even though i've seen it a hundred times i never i guess i didn't miss it but i never thought about it what it meant he never looks at hooper when he tells this story he only looks at brody he's telling brody the story because Brody has no understand. He's the guy on the ship that both has no understanding of what they're into and he knows. He knows. But Hooper right away. Yes, Hooper he, knows the story. Because it starts with him laughing. Yeah, he's laughing yeah. stupidly. And then as soon as he hears the word Indianapolis, yeah. he like sobers up like that. I snap my finger. But he doesn't care about Hooper. Hooper is yeah. inconsequential to his plans. He knows as a character, maybe not maybe not as Quint, but the story knows as a character that that Brody's gonna be have the one to do it. Okay, so this is his him. him passing his passion on to Brody and explain because he know like Quint he Quint doesn't know in the moment his character does, but the story knows Quint's not going to make it, so he has to tell Brody why this why this has to be done. He has to tell Brody. He has to give Brody like everything that is inside of him has to go to Brody. It has to, or okay. else because I don't. Well, this is why thematically the movie works better. I think he was just a drunken fool. He is a drunken who fool. Hated sharks and he hated his boat. Yeah, he really he hated, hated that radio. Why did he name it after something that lives in the water? Why didn't he name it like Harpoon or something? It is interesting that it's named Orca. Right? Like, Well, I guess Orcas attack sharks, yes. so maybe. And it's it's the bigger, badder. Yeah. I would have named it Nuclear Bomb because he delivered it, right? I'd so. have named it. 
Bodie McBoatface. Ah, the classic. Wouldn't that be amazing if the boat in Jaws was named Bodie McBoatface? Only a matter of time. We can't. We got. We can redo all the Star Wars movie special editions, but we can't get the Bodie McBoatface edition. Well, they had to rename Boba Fett's ship, right? It used to be Slave One or something, yeah. and now it's called. I have no idea. Slave Two. Is <laughs> <laughs> a really lazy renaming. Yeah, I think they missed the point. Uh, all right. On my notes here, yeah, because I, I feel the need. I put down Yahoo Serious, the actor. There are no gifts of him. I don't know if you knew this, but this is this was in your notes for Jaws. This is in my notes for Jaws. I don't know why. There's also notes here from whatever movie we last reviewed. Uh, ready said, or not, kids blow up. Ha ha ha. Fitch and yeah, it's ready or not. It happens in this movie too. <laughs> this is a serious. I, I think I'm got a lot of children here. Children's blood splatter in are the you, next two weeks. Are you trying to get me used to the fact that children die? Is this, is this something you're trying to tell me? No, but uh, a, a moment in the movie that I love is when his son's sitting in the boat on the sh- right, right next to the dock. And he's sitting there with his wife, and he's like, get out of that boat, get out of that boat. And she's like, well, he's not in the water, he's in a boat. And then she sees the drawing oh, yeah. of a shark attacking a boat, and immediately says, did you hear your father get out of the water? I, that, love, I love that moment. That was very funny. Yeah. Um, the best, one of the best jump scares in movie history, when he's underwater, and uh, Ben Gardner's head pops out of the hole. Oh, I don't know if that was a jump scare for me. Oh, it's a good one. Is it? I it's don't a know. good one. I've, it's perfectly done for a guy that doesn't make horror movies because he's like, oh, what's what's he finding there? Oh, it's a giant tooth. And he's looking at the tooth and then he puts the flashlight back and a fucking head pops out. It's yeah, perfect. Fair that, enough. Like, jaws pop, jaws. The shark popping out of the water oh, that Roy Scheider when he's trying to, right? When he's chumming the water. That's Those two moments are oh. as good as anybody's ever done it. Oh, God, honestly. yes. And then the backing out of the the... Just all the way back into the cabin of the boat. Cause, yes. Oh, God, that was great. Did you notice that uh, the famous line, you're going to need a bigger boat, he says it three times. I did not notice that. He's He becomes, that's first of all, I believe that's an ad lib. Yeah, I, that was a story I remember from wherever yeah. I heard it. And he was real proud of himself because he says it two more times. When does he say it? Like a minute later, he goes, you're going to need, need a bigger oh. boat, right? And then, that's right. and then as it fades out, he goes, yeah, let's get back to shore. Get that bigger boat. And I'm like, <laughs> he's obsessed with the bigger boat. I liked. I forgot. You know, what I love it too because because it, it's a famous line, but it comes off so much more natural because he's like literally panicked and like we yes. gotta get a bigger boat. It's a hundred percent pure panic and desperation, it's so real. and it's so funny. Yes. It, it, yeah. Okay. That yes, I love stuff. that. The other famous line that I forgot for some reason was a That's smile. Some oh. <laughs> the smile, you son of a bitch. Well, they don't say bitch. He doesn't say bitch. They say smile, you son of a. I remember playing some. One of the uh, Silent Hill games back when, you know, I could play video games. Yeah. And one of the monsters would, like, expand its chest, and that's when you could shoot it. Otherwise, it just chased you. And I remember every time, to the annoyance of everyone I played with, I would say, smile, you son of a bitch, every time. Every single time. And there were a lot of those monsters. Um, Very famous line that I forgot existed. Yeah. Uh, we got to talk about the, the, we touched do, on it, the amateur do. shark hunting shit show. This is what would happen. That's what I'm saying. There's 12 boats almost running into each other, chumming the water right next to each other. The dogs on the boats, the whole thing was horrifying. And they're so stupid. They're all, there's too many people in each boat. They're all so dumb. And it has what the line of the movie should be is that you're going to need a bigger boat. It's when uh, Hooper arrives and he goes, what kind of shark is it? And he goes, it's a tiger shark. And the guy goes, a what? It's it's amazing. (laughs) It's Amazing. Right. It's the best line reading in the history of movies, I think. Oh, what? He didn't know. It's, it's, they're why, so dumb. Why would he know there's more than one type of shark? He just lives by the ocean. It's, it's, I know. It's great. Um, let's see. Here we get the jump scares. Okay, let's talk about the mayor. Let's, let's get into the mayor. 
Well, apparently he's the biggest. You have a lot to say about this movie. I got to say, you warned me that you had this. I love this movie. This is all because of the Meg 2 coming to theater soon. Oh, that's right. Meg 2. Jason Statham versus Sharks. Hopefully this time it's fun because last time it was not. So boring. But this one looks fun. This looks like a Jaws fun type of movie. It does look fun. And I really hope it's nothing like the first movie. But why, why do we hate the mayor? Other than making the fairy turn around, Why? he's got fantastic fashion sense. He uh, he just wants his tits to where they get all their money. They're going to go poor. Mm-hmm. Why are you hating on him? The beach is full. Full of tourist dollars. He keeps the beach open on 4th of July weekend. All right. The beach is full. Okay. And then he tells people, no one's in the water. Go get in the water. How does that help him make money? That's the least likely place to spend money on 4th of July weekend is in the water where the shark is. And the beach is already full. Hmm. You are bringing up some interesting points that I've never considered before. But we've established that he is not an intelligent man, this mayor. Uh, he dupes him in the realty business. Oh, I, I just, it just, it just he's got that low-level animal cunning. I can get to a place where he's like, this is a whole weekend. We need people to be here. And if they're not going to go in the water, they're not going to come back. I, I can answer the question and, and make it make sense. It's just funny to me that all he wants is the beaches to be full so that people will spend money in the town. And then he's like, go get in the water. What difference does it possibly make? They're already on your island. Maybe he's in cahoots with the shark. They still have to eat and quint. And quint. Yes. This is a whole conspiracy. Um, I do like, I love the moment. It goes back to the Kintner slap, which is an important moment in the movie. As we'd learned, it's uh, like the Wilhelm else. scream. Uh, the Kintner slap, yeah. I love that moment. And uh, Hooper winces when he, when Roy Scheider gets hit. Roy Scheider doesn't do anything. Uh, it, it actually has a cut because he has no emotion, no reaction to it when he gets hit because he knows he deserves it. Right. And Hooper reacts to it. And then when it's over, the mayor says to him, uh, she's wrong, Martin. And he says, no, she's not. That's why it's the moment where. That's why you claim it's the act break. That's why it is mm-hmm. the act break. Because uh, the next scene, he defies the orders of the mayor for the first time. And he's like, we're going to we're going to get this, figure this out. No, that's just alcohol making him make bad choices in life. There's a, a moment there. He dumps an entire thing of wine into the glass, like a regular glass with ice in it. And he dumps a full thing of wine in there. It already had liquid in there that was not the same color wine. He's just drinking whatever. And then they get on the boat, and he's drinking a white wine instead of a red wine. He doesn't care at that point. I he's didn't drinking any of But this. he has to get on the water. So right. he's drinking because so he, he has to on his water. way on because that's where you get your courage. That's right. Gotcha. Him and Quint should get along real well because yeah, Quint's always thought, drunk. And Hooper was certainly drunk while they told the story about the Indian. How long do you think they were on that boat? It was like three days tops, right? Yeah, I don't think it could be more than that. I, I think... I don't think it was more than two. Right. Because I think he finds them the first day, and then they stay that night. And then the boat, he comes back and attacks that night. Uh, The use of barrels, because they couldn't use a shark, is amazingly effective. It seems like that was the plot. Right. It's better. A hundred percent. It's it wasn't the idea. I did again. It worked seamlessly. It's and better. We've talked about them before. I'm a big fan of the of having to work under constraints. When yeah. you're given unlimited budget, unlimited anything, you turn out garbage for the most part. Not all the time, but as a general rule, you're more likely to make bad. It's choices. the John Carpenter effect. John Carpenter has no money. He makes Halloween. You give John Carpenter a bunch of money. He makes Escape from L.A. I like Escape. You know who that but stars? The CGI effects are awful. He did. He pushed it as far as he pushed it farther than he could. It stars Bruce Campbell though. So. It stars Bruce Campbell. It stars Bruce Campbell. So it's a it's a hit. Yeah. But yeah, I, I agree to your point. It's better when you're constrained because those barrels are such an effect. When he when he takes three down, there's no way you can take three down. You I can't know. take three down. That's that's where if you follow, I'm sure you did. If you follow along, this is just an out not to you directly. This is an outwardly way to say something. If you follow along the events on the boat, Brody doesn't know anything. Hooper. 
who was immediately tested when they're in, in uh, Quint's house. Or Quint's, uh, about chair. everything. He throws him rope. He says, tie this thing. Because that's the rope. He doesn't even the look at it. No, doesn't th- care. But he knows he can do it. And that's what he needs. So he's like, you can come on the boat because I need you to tie the things. Uh, it's the same knot he has to tie on the, the thing. But so Hooper, uh, so Brody knows nothing. Uh, Quint knows more than Hooper when they're on the, when they're actually in the shit. And then when that third barrel goes down, Quint doesn't know shit. It's it's the perfect moment of we're all in over our heads. Because Brody was always in over his head. Hooper found out he was over his head. And Quint's like, oh, I got this. And then he realized, oh, no. I don't know what, I don't know. This is something different than I've ever seen before. They say it like three times. This is different than I know. Because it wants to point out that even the, even the guy that knew doesn't know anymore. Was the They're third, dealing with something bigger. Did the third barrel go down before or after the orca broke down? Uh, before, because uh, Hooper's still on the boat at that point. Oh, you're right. Okay. Well, no, it, it was after it attacked. It doesn't start sinking until well after. No, it was the third barrel. It was after it starts sinking because the, he, he gets the third <clears throat> barrel, and that's when he finally just turns to Hooper and says, what do you got? That's right. And okay. it's, that's the moment where you're, that's the moment where you're supposed to be like panicked as fuck because the guy that, the guy that we trust, the guy that's whole life is about this is now out of answers. The guy that has thrown all of their, all their escape routes away. And he's turning into shit that he doesn't believe because he's like, I got nothing. And right. that's, that's terrifying. And they're out in the boat with this guy and it's, and he's destroyed the boat. It's terrifying. So it's, it's at least after the boat. Yeah. It's after he's destroyed the boat. Okay. That's all right. That's what I thought. But yeah. either way, it's three. By the way, Hooper goes down and, uh, with his spear. And uh, he's got a little case of the drops in this movie because he drops that tooth. He drops that spear. He's got to work on it. Oh, oh, Richard. You That's know his I, main character trait. Here, I didn't look this up, but I could not think of very many Richard Dreyfus movies. Like, he was, like, always around when I was younger, I feel like. Just this big person. And I remember this movie. Mm-hmm. I remember the famous Who is Cletus Tout starring Christian Slater. Wow. And then I only just now remembered that he was in whatever the uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Correct. And then I believe he had an opus, and his name was Mr. Dutch. Mr. Holland. Close enough. Yeah. Those are the movies I remember Richard Dreyfuss What about from. Bob? Oh, yeah. What about Bob was the big one. So the I like Goodbye that Girl? Don't know what that is. He won an Oscar for that. Good for Stand him. Stand By Me? He was the writer, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah, but he's in it for two minutes. All right. Keep going. That's why I'm remembering him, though. Piranha 3D, where he plays, I haven't seen where he that plays basically the same character as Jaws. Oh goddamn! Are these good? Are funny. the Piranha movies good? The first one is the first. Well, okay. There's three movies that I would. There's four movies I would. The Piranha movies. There's Piranha by Joe Dante. That's great. That's a Jaws knockoff. It's actually great. <clears throat> okay. It's a Piranha Two, technically directed by James Cameron. <laughs> really? He doesn't like to acknowledge it because it was a disaster that he had no control over, and I think he tried to take his name off it, and eventually one day said, "Fine, I fucking shot the movie." But it's pre anything james cameron and uh maybe after deep star or whatever that movie was oh i remember deep star i, I never been, saw it though it might have even been before that it's 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 just a movie that's on his filmography that he doesn't really want on there but eventually he's like fine i'll take credit for it even though it's a it's a disaster then it got rebooted with adam scott piranha yeah, like 3d adam scott piranha 3d is great and then piranha 3 double d is not good oh no so there's two but it's got the title i'm two interested. of the four are really good okay all right, those are that's another water-based attack movie. It is, and uh, the first one, the Joe Dante one's really good. Of right. the Jaws knockoffs, it's one I've of the best ones. I've seen none of the Piranha ones, and so. then the three D is really good. I, like it's for a fun, you know, stupid movie. It's really yeah. fun. A movie that would make Richard Dreyfuss come back and play a guy that's basically the same character that and then kill him in the opening it. scene. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> all right. Uh, you're gonna need a bigger boat. That's a famous line. Is Shark NATO? 
considered one of the like monster uh, ocean movie. Is it a? Because I was trying to think. Of, follow me here. Like we just did, we talked about piranhas. You got Jaws. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of any other ocean based attack. Deep Star. No, not Deep Star Six. Deep Six. What did we just say? Oh, Deep Star. But that was a space movie. I think. Was it? No. What was the one you just said? The a James Cameron movie? No, no. A few seconds ago, when you were naming water movies. Oh, I know what you're talking about. I don't remember the name of it. Is. Yeah, because I, I remember think it might have been Deep Star actually. Yeah, yeah it was right. It was yeah. like a VHS. Never saw it. I never saw it either. But the cover art. For so the- here's what happened. I just watched uh, on the website scarevalley.com. You could find a review of the movie Shark Exploitation that goes into all of this. What is Shark Exploitation? It is what we call all of the shark movies that oh, okay. came in Jaws. So it covers pre Jaws and how sharks weren't even the enemies in the movies. They were a lot of times uh, henchmen for uh, James villains. villains. They, they oh, own God. sharks. I wish he had been the land shark. Yeah. How cool would that have been? Like a, a land shark that's, you know, well, then Jaws, for horror. Jaws came in 1975, inspired three yeah, of its own came. bad sequels. And then, yep, made three bad sequels. And then a bunch of movies, not even all water movies, came out. Grizzly is a Jaws. It's just Jaws on land. Okay. Alligator is just Jaws with an alligator. I remember except alligator. It's, except it's great. Except, except that is a great movie. Uh, there's a ton of them, though. Uh, Cruel Jaws in the 80s, which is just actually uses footage from Jaws movies and edits it together. And parts Never of heard of it. There's, there's so many. Orca. Orca, I remember. Which is actually not a bad one. There's, there's a ton of them. And then in the late 90s, or, uh, late 90s Deep Blue Sea came. Deep Blue Sea, yep. hit again. So it kind of like died with Jaws 4. It was so bad. It fatigued the genre, and we got out of it. And then Deep Blue Sea was like, what if we made one purposely stupid? And right. it was fun. So then the rise of Sci-Fi Channel and the rise of Sharknado CGI. And you can put anything into a shark into anything. And there's Ghost Shark and and, uh, and Desert Shark, where the shark only pops out of the sand. And there's... That's like either Tremors. Luigi Shark. And Luigi? Luigi? There's oh, four-headed Ouija shark. shark. Somebody there's, told me about Ouija Shark. Yeah, Ouija Shark 2, I think, just came out. Uh, they made a sequel. That's awesome. So you get all of these. But... You also, at the same time, have gotten some, some not that long, in the modern times, you've gotten some serious, low-budget uh, shark movies that are good. Um, Name um, me a couple. The Shallows, which I haven't it? seen yet. but I, I think supposed you to put be it good. on my list. It's on, yeah, I haven't seen it either. But that's supposed to be good. Um, 37 meters down, 57 meters down, whichever one that one is. Open Water, that one I did see. It's about two people stranded being circled by a shark. That's really good. That was the one based on the yes. true story, right? Yep. Where the Australian scuba divers came up and the boat was gone. Yes. It's the, the so all the, there's a few actually like really good low budget movies in there, and then it all came full circle when an actual big budget summer blockbuster came out called The Meg. <laughs> did that do well? At the, the Meg point? did well enough that five years later we're getting a sequel. It was only it's only been five years since The Meg came out. I thought that like was a long like, time. Dude. It seems like it came out in the early aughts. That is where that movie 2018. I would have placed it as like oh four aught four. Do you remember the winter of aught four? It was a cold one. It's cold out there every day. 2004. What happened in 2004? Uh, that was two years after the others from Nicole Kidman. That's right. I like to mark time. By the others? Yeah. I get you. That's a good. St- that's how you set your calendar. I get you. <laughs> so let's get back to Jaws. 17 years before the... Yeah, before no, 27 the, years. 27 before the others. Let me do some math here. 27 years? Uh, there's a lot of math today. You're bringing it at me. All right. So that was all the shark exploitation. I did yes. not realize there were so many of them. Is there... Uh, Oh, there's so many of but them. But the people. problem, the problem Octopus I have with shark, the Mike, shark versus or uh, there's the Sharknado movies. There's six of them. Sci-Fi Channel did a buttload of of just yeah. shark, shark just various sea creatures, right, versus each other. Yes, mm, I think the Descendants too. 
on the Disney Channel had the child of Ursula fight people. She was a giant squid monster. You have a poster out down here, in your- yeah. That's that's the Descendants on my wall. I got a big, almost life size poster of all of the Descendants, the cast of the Descendants. Which is weird because your wife took the children and left you long ago. I know that's why she's not here today. Well, now I can put up whatever I want. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You got your Wonder Woman posters. I got my uh, Fantastic Four. You know, all the good stuff. None of these are your children's posters. Barbarella. She's in the corner there. Really? Yep. Wow. Did you see the shark I drew? Oh, it's very Quint-like. It Quint, says Quint right next Quint to it. Quint was drawing sharks. Mm. Yeah, Quint dies. That's a shame. Um, he had to. Well, yeah, I guess so. He's very clearly insane. The payoff to his story being being eaten by the shark is just tremendous stuff. Yeah. It was worth it, and I liked. I think I said it earlier, but I really liked that he kept stabbing the shark as he went down. Yep. In the middle of being eaten, he's like, oh, there's my machete or my knife. Yep. like, ha! I don't know how they got this shot either. Uh, he's dead. There's no dummy. It's Robert Shaw in the mechanical shark's mouth, and he has to do a bit of the uh, Bella Lugosi flopping around, making it look good. Makes it look great, though. Um, but the shark does breach back under the water with Robert Shaw, laying in his mouth and it like and it goes under the water and it hangs there for a few seconds i'm sure he almost drowned it's an incredible shot i don't know enough of the filming of jaws so the story is they probably almost killed robert shaw in that scene i wouldn't be surprised because you're right he is dragged underwater and everything i know that mechanical shark was just nothing but fault and when you realize it's a hundred percent in-camera practical it's a it's a fucking incredible shot that he's just laying there arms splayed out can't move he's dead just pulled back under the water by a mechanical shark it's incredible I always assume that when they show after they blow up Jaws and he's sinking to the bottom oh, of the ocean. Oh, spoiler. Hell yeah, spoiler. Sorry, everybody. I'm bad at that. Boy, that's probably going to make one of his descendants mad, and they're probably going to stalk Ellen Brody around years later. And Doesn't that happen? That's well, part four. You did say in 1975, Jaws came, so we know he has descendants. That's great. Mm-hmm. So that's, that is the plot, right? Yeah, like, <laughs> that is the plot. He chases, like, a, a shark chases down Brody's wife. Yep. To where, yes. Jesus Christ. She, she knows they're after his, her family. Because of what they did. Well, that is awesome. Mm-hmm. Is that... Oh, and that was part three, huh? That was part four. Part four. Is part that the three one that, is like a, a marine theme park. Which one had Michael Caine where he That's clearly four. said, I'm just here for the paycheck? That's four. And I think he said that in interviews and such. But how did he say it, Pete? Can you give me your Michael Caine impression? Oh, Batman. I think that we did this money just for... This movie just for the money. Pip, pip, cheerio. Oh, that's good. Thanks. That's that British, because British people say pip, pip, cheerio. That's right. That's how I know it wasn't Michael Caine. Or Dick Van Dyke. Oh. The best Brit of all time. Oh, man. I haven't seen that movie since the kids were little, and boy, is it something. It is offensive to British people to have Dick Van Dyke up there doing that. <laughs> chim, chiminy, chim, chiminy, chim, chim, cherry. That's all I remember. He, he is the most cockney accent oh. of all like he's mocking I, I grew up thinking that's how british people sound because that's what i even though i had judy dench right there speaking like a normal british yes. person i'll tell you another thing like when i found out that james marsters who played spike on buffy wasn't british and i heard him talking his regular thing i had a real dick van dyke moment where i was like <laughs> he's not british it was a perfect accent <laughs> <laughs> i'm i'm still not sure that he's not he's he's in a movie with uh julie andrews who sounds like a normal british person and then he's doing that, and I'm just like, sounds the same to okay, me. Okay, stop for a minute. I got to stop. I feel a normal British person is wrong. It's just a normal person with a British accent. Right. Dick Van Dyke sounds like a nut job with, I don't know, I know what he's trying to do. But when I'm watching the movie as a child, 
they both sound right to me. They, yeah. It's like these people exist in the same town. They live in, they're clearly from the same neighborhood. For some reason, the over the top one was the one I just took to be the, oh, that's the normal one. Yeah. That's how people should be. God, he, how do you get away with that? That's like doing blackface for Brits. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He might have had soot on his face now that I think about it. The Brits aren't really an explosive people, are they? I don't know much about that. They are parts. when you put helium tanks in their, in their in mouths their and mouth? shoot them like that Roy shark was British. The shark was British. You didn't hear him when he popped out of the water? <gasps> he said, good day. <laughs> An Australian guy. <laughs> he was Australian. They do come from Australia. That's what I know about great white sharks. Australians are just British crooks. Yes, <laughs> that's right. That's but and sharks are Australian criminals. If you're bad yes. in Australia, they send you to the ocean and you become a shark. I'm pretty sure that's right. Mm-hmm. I took science. <laughs> you took a you took math too. That doesn't mean you know math. <laughs> you took in fact in fact it could be said you took more math than most people. <laughs> My report cards would back up your statement. Yeah, but they use numbers, so what do they say? What do they know? They're report cards. Yep. All right. You got any other thoughts on Jaws? I don't. I am. We were all on topic today. I am excited for Jaws 2, coming to theaters soon. (laughs) The Meg 2. Oh, yeah. The Meg 2, coming to theaters soon. Although that one really does look fun, and I want to see it, and I could not get through the first one. The first Meg, they found an underground ocean, and I said, I am bored now. It was a movie about oceanography, and it was just as exciting. As it sounds? Yes. Uh, I'm torn, because part of me looks at the movie. (gasps) Natalie Imbruglia. Yes. I'm lying on the floor. Found it naked on the floor. And uh, you got to let me out of here. <laughs> I know you don't want that podcast to come out, but my birthday falls on a Wednesday, and I think I'm going to treat myself to that podcast. Oh, no. Oh, maybe. Oh, no. You're not leaving this basement ever. We are. Um, this is all in service of a podcast we made that will never see the light of day. I'm torn on the Meg, too, because part of me wants it to be that fun movie that it looks like. And part of me hopes that none of that's in the trailer and it's just another slow two-hour movie about oceanography and they got me again. Why? Oh. Because I would really respect... Or the joke. I would really respect the commitment to it. What like, if the- I hope it starts with charts. <laughs> well, I guess we can all find out on Friday. I am going to see this, though. I think it's a monster movie and it looks fun. So, uh, I'm in. Yep. That's, that was Joss. That was it. I also wrote down under, on my notes under the Yahoo Serious Has No Gifts. I wrote down WTF, OMG, CAT, but I don't know what the CAT means anymore. Did you catwalk by? Probably. I wrote down roll back the tomato. Like, clearly I have a problem with writing and seeing things happen around me. I think we did some good work on Jaws today. We I had think a so too. pretty in-depth discussion on I, things. I'd Learned say some new stuff. we probably did uh, a little bit better than Steven Spielberg did making them. Like, we've contributed more to the, well, to the art. Let me check my notes here, because it looks like everything I plotted got... We got done. We'd have to use no goddamn barrels and be like, this doesn't work. I'm going to figure something else out. Did you see the shark? Looks way better. The one I drew on my little notepad. We all saw your shark. Mm. Just close your eyes and imagine somebody drew a shark. Oh, it's scary. It looks like the cover. I'm going to. Just popping out of the water. I'm going to put it up there on the website along with my uh, coffee with Bruce Campbell as the army of dark chocolate. I believe I promised I would do that many moons ago. Why is the book called Jaws? I know the movie's called Jaws because the book's called Jaws, so they get off the hook. It Why is the a, movie? Why is it, the book called Jaws? It was a sequel. Was it Moonraker? It was a sequel to Jaw. It was a sequel to Jaw. <laughs> <laughs> You're very happy with that one. I don't think I've ever been happy about anything in my life. I don't think. <laughs> no, man, that's a prequel. That's a prequel begging to be written. <laughs> it's like Alien and Aliens. Right? Jaw. Jaws and Jaw. 
<laughs> that movie's been out for 48 years. There's no way we're the first one to make that oh, observation. 100% not. But it's, it's new to me in this moment, and that makes it special. Right, and people only remember the last person to do it, so that's us. It's that's only right. you. We established that in this podcast. <laughs> right. Oh, God. All right. I don't know, Pete. I, that's not just one to end this episode on. That's one to end this podcast on. <laughs> then my, my, my dream is realized. You're never going to get that one released. That one will never be released. <laughs> no, we're done All now. right. Good night, everybody. Yeah. Leave on a high note. Go to ScareValue.com. Go, Go see to Jaws 2. ScareValue on Facebook. ScareValue on whatever the fuck Etsy. Elon Musk is making us call that shit now. Uh, X. I heard he can't because that like violated 18 trademark agreements or something, and they made him take it down again. Who cares? I don't. I don't either. This is what I know. We should have pushed stop on that jawline because I swear to God, it's the best thing I've ever done in my life. This is the end of the podcast. The end of an era. Good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to the 26 episodes that we aired of the Scare Value Podcast. And now we're done forever. Jaws 2. Coming soon. Fuck. Crows.